I keep seeing all these articles about what coffee does to your body, why you shouldn't drink so much coffee, what drinking too much coffee does to your body. I don't need that kind of negativity in my life. No, you just need good coffee. Yeah, where do I get that? Hacienda Real in Costa Rica. It's one of my favorite places to go. Yeah, every time we go to Costa Rica, we stop in on Vlad and, and see the operation. It's this beautiful little artisanal roastery roasting a custom blend of Arabica and pea berry beans. It's so yummy. It's really good. And the coolest thing is when you order it, you pick exactly what roast you want, whether you want it to be whole bean or ground. And within a day, maybe two of your order, it's roasted, packed, and shipped. Yeah. It's not roasted until you order it. Yeah. Like the last order I made, I made it on Monday. The coffee showed up on Friday. Yeah. It's so great. With with a roast date of Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> Click the link in the show notes. Mm -hmm. Use the offer code. And use the offer code and get a great deal on some amazing coffee. And don't let people tell you how much coffee you can drink. So I love fall. Me too. But one of the things I like least about fall is I got to start wearing shoes again. (laughs) Because you know I'm happiest barefoot or maybe wearing some sandals. That is true. But I feel like a complete weirdo when I wear shoes without socks. So fall for me is time to start getting some socks. Yes. And for me, it's time to get some underwear. Time to hit up smart ass undies. Yeah, they're amazing. They're made from sustainable recycled materials and they have motivational words across the bum. Yeah. And I like it on the socks too. Today I'm wearing my courage socks. Tomorrow I'm wearing my respect socks and gratitude socks, all that kind of stuff. Integrity socks. Integrity socks. So I love that. And you look down and it gives you a goal for the day. There you go. Hashtag feet goals. (laughs) So again, check the link in our show notes and there's an offer code in the show notes as well. So you guys can get some amazing socks and underwear and save a bit of money and support the show at the same time. And this is Cheating on Fear. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. So we've been wanting to do this episode for a while. For a little while, yeah. Yeah. Actually, a long while. Yeah. Our friendly neighborhood lesbian, Alex. Yes. Has finally found some time in her busy child-rearing life schedule. They're very busy. To come and talk to us about some things that she wished that street people would understand. Yeah. Very illuminating. Yeah. And, you know... Hopefully, this episode will bridge some gaps Mm -hmm. and create some sense of understanding because I think that is really what can drive a wedge in between people is just misunderstanding and just a lot of thoughtlessness, not necessarily malice. No, but or ill intent. No, just not understanding. Yeah. And just, I think, you know, it's 2021 and people's minds are opening, hopefully. And I, I know that. There are a lot of things that I didn't sort of see coming with coming out as bisexual and and some of the things that sort of blew my hair back a little bit. (laughs) And we really wanted to just have her come on and talk about some of the things that she's experienced as a young person coming out and now as an adult with a wife and a child and just talk about some of those things so that we can all kind of get on the same page. So enjoy it, everyone. Enjoy. So let's welcome our friendly neighborhood lesbian. (laughs) Alex. Hey, Alex. Hey, guys. How's it going? <laughs> so good. So good. We've been talking about this for a long time, right? Having you on here. 
Yeah, I feel like we've been talking about it for a really long time and it's finally happening. Well, you're very busy. You and your partner have a sweet little child. Yeah. And he is, you know, like most men, very demanding. Just kidding. Yeah, he is very demanding. He's so needy too. Yeah. Play with me, feed me. It's like a lot. I know, like you feed them and it's like, now I have to feed you again? Yeah. Like, come on. (laughs) Hopefully next time we can have you and your partner on. Totally. So we wanted to ask about some of the things that we wish straight people knew or understood. Because, you know, I think this is probably, you know, 2021 is, let me ask you what you think. How do you think, you know, the last few years have been as far as acceptance and, you know, being married to a woman? Like, Mm -hmm. how do you find that that is in your neighborhood and just out about in the world? What is that? What's the state of the union? Yeah, the state of the union is I I feel like people are still confused. People still make assumptions. I think it's it's definitely like easier than, you know, even 10, 20 years ago. But I, I still think there are, you know, everyday kind of interactions with people of the public. And it, you know, it, it can get a little weird and awkward because people assume like if my wife is somewhere or we have like a contractor come to the house and they're like, oh, is like your husband home or, you know, <laughs> are you the decision maker? You know, should we talk to your husband? And like, so I think like those things are still happening. And like, depending on where we are in the area, you know, for in a smaller town and we're like, close or holding hands or like with our son, people tend to look and stare a little still. So right. I think there's like, there's still a lot of work to do, but it's, yeah. it's definitely like my generation has it easier than previous, my, my aunt's generation or my yeah. parents' generation. So, well, I think as, as late as one generation ago, you would have to keep that mm-hmm. secret. A hundred percent. You would have to be sisters or Friends. Friends or something. Especially raising a child. Yeah, absolutely. Because it could be a problem. Yeah. I think they would still take steps to remove that child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's so huge. People having to hide who they were or hide their relationships for years and years and years. Yeah. It's kind of an interesting time. I I think that's what sort of sparked me to reach out to you again to see if if he'd been fed enough to let you come and do the podcast with us. Because I'm noticing some stuff in popular media and social media that's kind of making me go, huh, so interesting. Like what? (laughs) Jump in anytime you want to, Dante. Yeah. Like, hello, I'm still here. He's like, do I need to be here for this? (laughs) (laughs) This just going to be a pile on? Is this... I think everybody knows what TikTok is by now and my affinity for the medium. An excellent way to lose hours of your life. Yes. Oh my God. It is such a time suck. (laughs) It's great if you have to be somewhere and sit around for a while. It's phenomenal. But yeah. Alex, tell me what you know about the, I'm I'm doing air bunnies here, lesbian TikTok. So I I think it's, uh, you know, I'm not well versed in TikTok. I I don't spend a lot of time on social media, but is it like a big deal? It's a huge deal. They're coming after everybody. It's like a subculture of like them showing their relationships and talking about themselves and that sort of thing. And thirst traps. Yeah. Okay. Thirst traps is when people post like provocative pictures or videos of themselves in order to get like good comments like, hey, you're hot or. Yes, but I think even, but I, but honestly, it's so funny because lesbian TikTok thirst traps look very different. It's not like, here's me in a bikini. It's, 
I've been to therapy yeah. and I know how to listen. Okay. 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 <laughs> right. Or, like that speaks to me. Okay. Or putting yeah. up a shelf or, yeah. you know, I, I just went to Home Depot and this guy was like, do you need some help? You know, what are you building? And she's like a coffin. Do you need, do you, yeah. like, can you leave me alone? And the straight women go, ah, right. And I, I think there's, there's one couple yep. and they're just all over. They do all kinds of fun stuff. They mm-hmm. do stuff about their relationships and they're both so gorgeous in different ways. They're just One's a little bit more mask- masculine presenting. Yeah, more. Yeah. And and they're just, they're very affectionate and they talk about some of the issues with custody and because the the one girl, she was married to a man and had a child with with a man. And so now mm-hmm. she's she's with her partner and they're just, it's just really, I think just like anything else, the more you see these kinds of relationships, the more normalized they become. And that's what, brings a lot of steps towards that acceptance and people not doing a double take when they see you and your partner out at the park with your son or holding hands Mm -hmm. or doing whatever you're doing. And I also think there's just a big, and it's very, you know, tongue in cheek where it's like, Hey, straight women, are you tired of men's shit? (laughs) Like, come on, we're accepting applications. It's like a quasi predatory in a good way yeah. though, of like, it's like, come like, come check this out. Yeah. It's like, you know, if you're not going to treat your, there, there was a sound and we should probably link to it. If you're not going to treat your girlfriend nicely, I'll treat her nicely. Yeah, I'll treat her That's so it. nice. She'll forget you even existed. Like, is that yeah. kind of stuff? Yeah. And, and I think, you know, in the past, in sort of history of queer rights and gay rights, it was the straight people that finally stood up and said, you know what, like this needs to change. And so I think with having air bunnies again, lesbian TikTok, again, that has a lot of straight women going, Hey, like these are really cool relationships and, and same kinds of relationships. Well, and I mean, they're all valid, whether other people think they are or not, but yeah. Right. Like it's just, Mm -hmm. it, you see them over and over and over again. And this sounds cheesy too, but love is love. It doesn't matter. And that, and when you see that between people, it's just like, Oh, and then like, there's some of these, I mean, Oh, what, what are you going to say? Alex, I'm going to send you the link afterwards and I'm going to put it in the show notes. Yeah. The Danish or Norwegian oh. postal service released a video called oh. when Harry met Santa. Yeah. Oh, and cute. because 50 years ago, they had an anti-discrimination bill that was passed. It was, I think in, it was, it was in Norway. It was in Norway. Norway. They had an anti-discrimination bill that was passed. It was, I think in, it was, it was in Norway. It was in Norway. Norway. And they had wow. a specific focus against discrimination based on sexual preference. Like that mm-hmm. was written into it. Orientation. Or sexual orientation. That's yeah. Amazing. And so the postal service releases this commemorative sort that's of so video bad. that's also holiday themed. And yeah, no, so that's fantastic. It's so... It, yeah, it's we, really good. It's really good. You yeah. brought it up to you're like, you gotta see this, you gotta see this. And the two of us are sitting there, like, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, it's literally there's an old movie called Same Time Next Year with Ellen Burstyn and Alan Alda. And it's they have this decades-long affair and they meet every year. And it was like that, except with Santa yep, and this man. Yep. <laughs> and we watched it was what, like almost four minutes yep. long, and we're crying. And then that feeling of this is where we are yeah. right now. Well, and of course, yeah. all the ultra conservative, not, yeah, not <laughs> B gives the finger. 
double finger, double finger, not supportive of anything other than than the quote unquote traditional you know, heterosexual relationship model are all losing their mind about this. Like, how can you make Santa Claus gay? You know, two women can't kiss on, on, on right, video right. without us pushing our yeah. agenda. But like you see dudes and women, you see heterosexual couples all the time making out, making love in video, in movies, in film, whatever. That's OK. To- it's still OK. If yeah, two women are making okay. out in porn made for the male gaze, straight male gaze, that's OK. That's okay. Yes. But yes. if they actually are yeah. doing it for reasons other than performing for men, then that's not okay. Yeah, gross. So just like a lot of other things, I think it's becoming a minority, mm-hmm. a small minor, well, a a vocal, minority. A, a very vocal minority. Yeah. Right? We notice that that's something that we tend to notice when we travel or when we used to travel. Mm. There were places that we went that were very clearly LGBTQ friendly. And I don't know if you noticed that when you guys would travel or not. Mm-hmm. Like obviously, obviously we're, we're still like a straight presenting couple, mm-hmm. but like we're a hetero couple, but like nobody can see that I'm bisexual by you and I showing up somewhere. But can you tell me like, were there places where you felt better than other places that you guys would travel to? Yeah. I mean, we haven't done a lot of traveling, but I think for me, it's always in the back of my mind, like wherever we go. Mm-hmm. And that could be like domestically or internationally. But I think for me, I'm just always not nervous, but I'm always thinking about, I don't want, I don't like when people stare, right. like that makes me wildly uncomfortable and I don't enjoy it. So, you know, I think it's also a little like internalized homophobia probably, but I just, I tend to be on the alert and I'm like, we can't act like that because people will stare and something will happen. And then I'll be forced to like beat somebody up. And I don't want to do that today. <laughs> you know what I mean? You could. So it's like one of those things that I just want to avoid it before it happens. Right. And when it does happen, I'm just, Oh, I, you know, I, it makes me so wildly uncomfortable. Whereas my wife is probably more on side of like, obviously like keeping us safe, but like, who cares if they stare, like let people stare, you know, it is what it is. But yeah, I think there's definitely like places where we feel more comfortable than others for sure. Like I said, that can be anywhere. It doesn't even have to do with traveling, just moving through the world. In general. Yeah. 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 I I would imagine that playgrounds and and things like that are probably better than. Yeah. Right. You have a lot of young parents and where everybody's yeah. just like oh that's cool well and also exactly. lo- that's a place where lots of moms would get together anyways right? yeah that's true uh, that's true yeah so to be honest my wife spends the most time like with our little guy like doing stuff like that mm-hmm. she stays at home with him and i'm generally working so you know she'll get into conversation and it'll always come up you know your husband or what does your partner do and you know what i mean or actually the other day she was somewhere and this woman was talking to her about they were talking about their kids and and she said something about being pregnant and caring and she's like did you find that when you were like carrying your son and and my wife was like well i didn't carry him you know my my wife did and the woman said yeah i didn't think he looked like you and i was like okay oh. so she was like okay first of all you know she told me this later i'm like that's such a rude thing to say like yeah. i feel like but it's obvious that she was trying to fish for like this answer that she thought in her mind so she had presumed already like either he was adopted or she didn't carry right so if she didn't carry then what's the story and anyways so i was like first of all every parent wants to hear that they look like their kid or their kid looks like them yeah. so like what a rude thing to say yeah. but anyways so it's it's like sometimes people are totally cool and fine and you know she'll be like oh my wife or whatever and 
it, there's there's no blink of an eye and there's no skip of a beat. The conversation keeps flowing, but then some people are oh eyeing the situation and they're not sure and gets a little weird. And they face so. plant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what a, that you know what that's a that is a horribly rude thing to say. Not every kid right? looks like every parent. Like there, it's not like those those apps where you like mush. It's like what would it look like if me and the Rock had a baby and they just mush people together? That's right. not how babies people actually look. Such a see. Aren't you glad you weren't there? I would have been so yes. mad. Yes. Oh my yes. God. So there's one, th- and this this is why I wanted to do this. I wanted to have this conversation because I think sometimes, you know, you sort of have two, there's people that know that they're saying shitty things or doing sh- shitty yes. things and they just don't care. And then there's other people that don't know when something sounds yes. shitty. Totally. You know? Yeah. And maybe, maybe we'll go from the mildest stuff to the most egregious <laughs> shit because I think there are things that, People want to know. I think it's a lot like pronouns. Like people just want to know what makes you feel comfortable. What would you like for us to say or not say or ask or not ask? I think it's a reasonable like, oh, did you feel like that? Oh, I didn't carry him. Oh, okay. You know, and I would be like, lucky you. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or, but even that, you know, even that is kind of like, well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe she wanted to. And right. But I think those things become very, they're fraught. And sometimes yeah. if you don't know what to say, then sometimes a lot of times nothing is the best thing to say. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. If you don't want it to be weird or awkward, just say, oh, okay. And move on to the next thing you want to talk about. But it's like, for me, it's easy. I would be like, oh, did your wife carry? I would just like, go ahead and go there. And if they said, no, I adopted. Right. But it's like, I'm in this world. So for me, that's an easy assumption or an easy next step to take. But for other people, they they're still confused. Well, then how do you have a baby if you didn't carry? You know what I mean? Like they just don't get it. So it's, or, or they don't go there. So, you know what I mean? It's like the typical, like, you know, doctor's office visit as like a lesbian. So I've, you know, you go and you talk to your doctor, or you see a doctor at a clinic or whatever. And they're like, you know, are you sexually active? Yes. Do you use protection? No. Are you on birth control? No. And they just look at you like dumbfounded. Like <laughs> what are you doing? what's happening? I'm like, think outside the box, doc, (laughs) just expand your brain. And then it's like a few moments of awkward silence. And I just let it linger for a second and let them sit there. And then I say, well, I'm in a same sex relationship. And what's their response at that point? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I'm like, you didn't know that, you know, you were very confused, obviously. So, but that, and that's happened more times than I could count. Basically anytime I've seen a doctor, that's like not my own doctor, you know? And, and do you have are there issues with like trying to get certain tests or certain things looked at or checked because they're like, well, you know, we're not dealing with a penis in there. So we won't bother looking like, is that a challenge sometimes to say, well, but I still want to make sure that my vag is happy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, you know, I I had an experience years ago when I was in college and um, I can't really quite remember what led to this, but I I think I was probably having some issues with my reproductive whatever is going on and, um, you know, irregular periods, something like that anyway. So I went to see like a doctor at just like a walk-in clinic or women's clinic, actually, that was in in, um, the town that I was going to school in. And we got to talking and, you know, the idea of being on birth control to bring some regularity Mm -hmm. or you know, help with symptoms came up and, and she basically was like, well, no, we're not going to explore that. Cause you obviously don't need them. <laughs> like, why would, why would we do that if you're not having like sex with men and there's no risk of you getting pregnant is I think the way she put it. And I was just like, 
you know, very young and unaware and didn't know how to advocate mm. for myself. So I just kind of said, okay, sure. She's the expert, I suppose. Like she's the doctor and I just kind of glossed over it and, you know, but later in life that kind of stick with me. And I was like, that wasn't no. right. Save the birth control for all the straight women, right? Like yeah, they, but they that's need exactly. it more than you. Yeah. But that's like saying you can only take this kind of medication. You can't have ibuprofen because you don't have cramps. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, you can't take you can't take a mitol because you don't have cramps and that's what they're for. But really they're for headaches yeah. also, or like fatigue yeah. or whatever, yeah. you know. And I think this is the thing. I I hope that that's getting better, but unfor- you know, it's it's still disappointing to watch a medical doctor sputter at the thought of, well, like what do I what do I ask now? Now that we're not talking about a yeah. penis and a vagina. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know what to how to deal with that. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's something that needs to be addressed in, in medical school where it's mm-hmm. like, here's all the different, the different configurations of relationships. And so there are appropriate questions and different questions that, and some of the same questions that you're going to have to ask, but it's just, yeah, it must be yeah. where you're just like, <sighs> <laughs> yeah, it's just frustrating. And, you know, and actually when we were going through the process of thinking about starting a family and you know, I gave it some thought and I was like, I'd like to carry. And, you know, my, my wife and I were talking about it. We went to a clinic, like a local clinic to us, like a fertility clinic. And they started us off with some paperwork and just kind of general intake forms. And the first form was just like medical history, you know, the normal stuff. And the second, you know, piece of paperwork that they made us fill out or wanted us to fill out was all about our, you know, our, like, how often are we having sex? how often are we having unprotected sex? So basically getting to like, you know, all of these questions that like a heterosexual couple would answer if they're having issues with fertility and not able to get pregnant. So we kind of just, you know, my, my wife and I were just, obviously we're not going to answer these questions. And we took it back to the lady at the front desk and we were like, why would you even give this to us? Like we're confused (laughs) as to what you want us to put down here. And she was like, well, that's what everybody fills out. These, These are just the forms that everyone, but I'm like, but you can see that we're a same sex couple. So it's not like we've been, I mean, we tried, we tried it's a lot not working. I was like, we're going to do this until we get it right. But like, you can tell that, that it's not something we're struggling with. So it's just, you know, it's just, they, it's just, you know, take the small step to just remove right. that form. And maybe we would have felt a bit more comfortable, but after that, you know, that left a bad taste in, in our mouths. And we were just like, that didn't, you know, and, and the whole interaction with the doctor after it was just clearly not going to be a fit. And we knew that we didn't want to go about it that way. And so we just took a step back completely and said, this is not what we're going to do. And we're not going to do it this way. We're going to do it on our own terms and we're going to do it the way that we want to. But yeah, even, you know, even that was a struggle as a same sex couple to navigate, which is just beyond me in the year, you know, whatever year it was 2019, whatever, like it's beyond me. Yeah, that that can be a thing. So yeah, that yeah, your your son's only three, not even three. Yeah, so really, it wasn't no. that long ago. Wow. Yeah, that I, I can't believe that they you. I'm sure you're not the first same sex couple. No, to show exactly. up in that clinic, and that's what and that's what we said. Are we the first? What should we get some sort of plaque yeah. for this? Like, we're the first people that you've ever encountered. Like the same, like the first same sex couple that you've had to give intake forms to. Like, like do they ha- do they give that same form to gay men? <laughs> Where it's kind of like, you know, uh, we've yeah, tried, exactly. we've tried, mm-hmm. we tried, like everything's possible with God, but yeah. you know, like, just won't take. Keep dumping all yeah. that into them. It's okay. not working. Like, 
I don't know. Yeah. Help us. <laughs> that was crazy. Oh my, <laughs> oh my God. Okay. You said you made it. See, she's a woman after my own heart. She has notes. She has notes. And, uh, and a list. Yeah, I made a lot. I made this like really. Oh, we talked wow. about I love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so some, some talking points about what you wish straight people could get. Okay. So the first thing that I wrote down, I think this is a big one. And I think a lot of same sex you know, or queer or gay lesbian couples, whatever you want to call it, would want, a, you know, straight folks to know is that we, we're not confined to the normal heterosexual role play. So like the typical, like there's the man and there's the woman, and these are the purpose that they both serve or the roles that they play in the relationships. And I think this is a big one because, and I think this is going back as far as we can all remember that that would always be the question, especially from heterosexual men, like who's the dude and who's the woman, like who's the man here. And I think, you know, that, that question is still kind of a topic for heterosexual people. And, and it's, although it's come at from a, like a playful angle, it's still like a ridiculous question to ask because we're not confined to that. And I think that's like a big part of queer relationships because I think assumptions are always made and they're not always right. You know, on my, my example would be like the relationship with my wife and I, a lot of people by looking at us would assume that I am because I am more uh, masculine presenting or butch quote unquote for some, for, for some heterosexual people that I would typically be like the man, I would be the, like, I would play the man, the male role. And because my wife is more feminine appearing, she would be the woman. And that's actually completely inaccurate with our relationship is my wife is more of the financial decision maker. Like she takes control of those things. She's way handier than me. Like, don't ask me to put new flooring in because I will mess it up. But it's like, wait, wait, I just want wait. You and I couldn't even fit one bike into a trunk. Okay. No. We are that yeah. not handy. Must set up. And it almost got stuck. <laughs> it almost got stuck forever. So don't let us put bikes in your cars, people, because we will mess it up. We, like, I remember I was so scared Me that too. day. Like, it's not come, it's never coming out of We're going to have to cut this car and have to get the bike. Yeah. Like, literally, I'm going to have to, like, cut the bike or somebody's not going home whole. You know what I mean? So, but people just look at us and they're like, you're the dude and you're the chick. Like, obviously, that's obvious, but it's just so far from the truth. And the, and the roles that we play, like, very organically, like, no, neither of us like decided that this is how the relationship would be. This is just how we are. And this is organic to who we are and really real to who we are. But people just, you know, they want to put you in that box and they want to like make that assumption. I think like that's something that's shaking up in all kinds of relationships, including hetero couples. Yeah. Where you're seeing a lot of, you know, this these sort of traditional role splits isn't working. It's not working. People, because, and I think you and I were talking about this, where it's like, the traditional male role is like to go out and work and provide and, you know, do the muscle, you know, the muscle work of like taking out the trash or whatever, but that those things contribute to the household, but not necessarily to the relationship itself. Mm -hmm. And then it's sort of, you know, then you have an often female partner who is felt put upon, feels like a servant in the house, that kind of role. And it's just not working anymore when you have to, two people that are fully integrated human beings. And it's like, now you're relegated to this area and you're relegated to this area. It's not working anymore. And a lot of relationships are breaking down because of those traditional 
mm-hmm. split mm-hmm. of roles. And I think that a lot of a lot of couples, queer and and straight, are redefining those roles and just saying we are two fully functional adults in a relationship or taking, you know, running a household with children or without, with pets, whatever. We are both responsible for multiple mm-hmm. things in that space. And I, I think those, you know, and I think our relationship is very egalitarian mm-hmm. and it works a lot better because nobody feels like, well, I'm doing shit all the time, taking care of you. And if something and needs to get done, it just gets done. It just gets done. Mm-hmm. Like the person who encounters it Absolutely. just gets it fucking done. It's not, oh, well, this is her job or this is his job. But if you, if I need help, I'll ask for it usually. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. Sometimes B yeah. is bad at asking for help. I'm bad at it. Yeah. It yeah. 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 <laughs> I, we've talked about this before. B is quite short in stature. And so I got her like a grabby stick so she could reach. <laughs> so she could, so she could wow. reach things. Because yeah. she doesn't put her spices at a level that is easy to get. She puts it above the stove. So it's <laughs> it's a stretch. And she, yeah. she she opened up the grabby stick, like a little pincer cloth thing. And all I hear is just like <laughs> shit crashing down because yeah. she's just hitting it with a stick. Just she's like, this doesn't work. And I'm like, oh, really? Just use a grabby stick, grab a spice jar and give it to her. And <laughs> you did not. You are lying to everyone. Just ask for help. OK, just ask for help is the point. <laughs> yeah, that's the joke that you make. You, you can do anything except reach the top shelf. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think and I, that's another rude thing to say. And it's like to as far as with you and your partner to reduce you to the only way that I could ever understand your relationship is to put it in right. in heteronormative terms. Yeah. Yeah. And it gets really weird sometimes when we're in, uh, you know, we're t- talking to like a salesperson or talking to like a contractor, like something's happening at the house, we're getting work mm-hmm. done or and, you know, if if they're men, like they also go to this place where they just start addressing me. So they'll wow. just look at me, they'll address me and they'll just kind of like stop addressing mm-hmm. my wife. And that's another way for them to like indicate that that's their thought pattern. It's right. like, okay, she looks like she's probably like the quote unquote man of the house. Like she probably knows more about what I'm talking about. The other, you know, woman's lady brain can't comprehend this. So I'm just going to address the person that makes me the most comfortable in this situation, which is the most masculine presenting person in the room. So, and, and I'm just like, it makes things awkward because we're both like, okay, we're both here. And, and actually you should probably talk to my wife. She knows more about that. You know what I mean? And, And then they're just they don't know what to do. It's like overload at that point. So, but that happens quite often too, we find. And that is something that happens with us too. I brought my car in for service with my Wonder Woman keychain and they looked at him the whole time. And it's like, (laughs) I know it's my car. Do you see the Wonder Woman keychain? Can you address me please? Is my car. But yeah, they just talk to you because, and like, we don't even live together. So yeah, yeah. That, ha- that happens to lesbians yeah, too. Like, I, I'm it sure happens all the time. It, I'm sure it does. And it's just kind of, it's frustrating. If there's two people, then you look at two people. Yeah. There's an easy fix for that. Y- yeah. Really easy. Doesn't take a lot of grunt work. Just address both humans. Yeah. Like, that's that's it. it. So I had a thought. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah, uh-oh. I had, a, I had a thought when you guys were talking about queer. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if like, has queer been taken back 
as a word. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. how did I miss that? I don't know. Where were you? I don't know because because <laughs> the, the I use that word all the time. Sort of like, no, I know, but like the non non yeah, sexual orientation definition of queer is strange. And yeah. that's a, I would think like an F- offensive term. Like the F word for gay men. Or like Oh yeah, okay. Or the yeah. the D word for women. Yeah. Word. I've taken that for yeah. I'm like, call me that all day. I will never be offended because yes, I'm the biggest dyke in the room and I'm so proud of it. Yes! So go fuck yourself because you'll never offend me with that. Try harder. Right. You know? You're taking it back. Yeah. But queers, yeah, queer is like this, you know, I don't ever, um, I rarely, I don't think I ever really refer to myself as queer or like our relationship as queer. Like I, I guess I'm old fashioned and I'm dating myself, but I just call myself gay. Like I don't even call myself a lesbian. I just usually say like gay or I'm a gay or whatever. But uh, queer is like this all encompassing kind of, you know, it, it can't, it's like, you know, I'm in the community and I have to educate myself sometimes because I'm not young anymore and I'm not up with all the happenings, but I know that it, it's kind of like a term that some people use that don't want to necessarily identify even in that box of homosexual or heterosexual or, you know, a man that's attracted to a man or, you know, whatever you identify as, it's just kind of this umbrella term to notify, Mm -hmm. to, you know, indicate that you're part of the community in some sort of capacity, but you don't want to put yourself in a narrow minded box. And it's not always necessary to explain yourself to people. Exactly. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I always kind of understood queer as like, other than straight. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, I mean, I. No, I know you understand. Yeah, I, I, I understood I, that. It's, no, I it know. was just the, the etymology of the word. It just seems interesting to me. How... That, that it's been taken yeah. back. Yeah. It, yeah. No, for sure. But it's like when I was growing up, that was a term that was used predominantly for gay men. There was a British version and a very long running, successful American yeah. version of the well, show Queer as Folk. Oh, yeah. Filmed great. in Love Toronto. And, and it was almost exclusively gay men on that show. I should have known at that point that I was not straight <laughs> by how yeah. enthralled I was by that series. I was like, was a great series. this is so hot. Like I was just yeah. like, yeah, that was great, a great, great show. Series. Great series. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Like nine seasons. It went on for a while. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I remember how excited all the lesbians were because there was one lesbian couple. Oh yeah. There, and that was like the, the pinnacle well, for you all guys, of us that didn't have like a lesbian centered and that was pre experience. pre the l word well that's it then and yes, orange is the new very much so yeah. oh very much so yeah 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 so before it's like before any of these things like the l word or what have you now orange is the new black it's like you would only get like snippets from film and that's like my understanding of queer or lesbian media growing up is you would see two women kiss in film and you're like what wait is that a thing can two women do that? And you're like, wait a second, that is a thing. Mm-hmm. Who knew, mm-hmm. you know? Sorry, you just you just made me remember something. Cause I, I thought I didn't want to take take over the point of this show, but I, I thought it would be a, a cool opportunity to throw in some misconceptions about bisexual women too. I can't speak for mm-hmm. bisexual men. I, I feel like there's still by invisibility for especially for men is a big still a big problem we did our revisit of sex in the city and i mean i know that was 20 years ago now but it was just speaking about by men as just a little stop on the way to gay town right like it's like it's the last stop and or they were confused or they were greedy greedy or testing it out but i think when we talk about you know what we would see in popular media and, and shows and movies and stuff the only example of a bi woman 
was fucking Sharon Stone and Basic Instinct. That was the film I watched a lot as like a <laughs> 14 year old girl. Let me tell you about that. I remember it's just like my mom distinctively like, no, you can't watch that. It was like a VHS. Oh, she house. didn't want like, you to watch it. She's like, no, you're not watching. Like, come on. You're so like, you're not watching basic. And I think at some point I must have snuck the movie and watched it. And I was like, Sharon Stone and Roxy was Roxy. What? Yes. Right. Yes, yes. I was like, yeah. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, but it's sort of like, you know, when you look back on it now, we've been re- revisiting quite a few old movies and things like that and just going. Mm, yeah, we yeah. just did an indecent proposal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Jimmy, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, when it's sort of put forth this stereotype of a bisexual woman as just, you know, indiscriminate and predatory. I mean, she was a killer. Right. Yes. And and again, very performative. For men, there's like yeah. a, that scene at the at the dance club where she's dancing with Roxy and then starts dancing with Michael Douglas and mm-hmm. like his his no ass and whatever. And yeah, <laughs> so terrible, just terrible, so terrible. But that was such a, a stereotype of the bisexual woman. Just if they're attracted to anyone other than cishet men, you know, they'll just fuck anybody and anything. Yeah. And that's not true. I'm still picky, mm-hmm. but it's very similar to the issue with the portrayal of trans people in silence of the lambs, right? Why do, why are all the non-straight people killers? Like why? Right. The first time, like when you were young or when I was young and you, and you watch that and you're, you don't know why you need to see it over and over and over again. You just, Oh my God. It was like, yeah. I, I remember the exact moment in my life that I was like, yeah, I'm gay. This is, it was I was watching a movie and I'd never before this moment even comprehended or thought about the fact that two women could be in love or two women could kiss, have sex, like any of those things. Like it was not on my radar. And I watched the movie Bound. It was on TV. It was on like channel 49. We had like an antenna. We lived in the it was like a thing. And I was, you know, trying to get a clear picture. And I watched this movie and I remember thinking like, whoa, first of all, what's happening physiologically? Right <laughs> wow. Now? Secondly, I was like, it just, it was, I can't even explain it. It was just this explosion of knowledge that I now held that I was like, this is who I am. Wow. Like, this is, I have to think about this more and explore this. How old were you? It was 14. I'm probably, I would, I think probably maybe 13 or 14 at that point. But I, but I didn't get it in terms of like, I, you know, I'm attracted to women and I, you know, want to you know, date women. I didn't really think of it that in that terms, I just then became, you know, really like preoccupied with the idea of thinking about women in that way. You know what I mean? Like thinking of of them as beautiful and these like beautiful people and these creatures. And I like wanted to look at them in that Mm -hmm. way. And so I didn't like put the pieces together really until like a little later in life. But once I did, I was like, the puzzle is now complete. And I and I was gay the whole time. I'm, like, I'm officially gay. unstoppable. <laughs> yeah, like gay. super gay since kid to now, like whatever, you know. But that's but. the thing. It's so interesting that you talk about that, that sort of switch over in your brain. It was a lot more recent for me to make that switch over and go, huh, yeah. to look at, at women in a different way, right? Whereas before, and I don't know how much of this had to do with suppression or whatever. It was more about competition in my mind. And then as soon as I made that switch over, I don't, I don't feel like that anymore. It's really, it's really weird, but cool. Like 
also unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah exactly. <laughs> We're both unstoppable now. We're... Look at world. Yeah. Yeah. Alex and B. Watch out. <laughs> Yeah. So I I think that's such an interesting thing to to look at when you think about the popular media that was around at the time and how it can be a good thing because it gives you something to grab onto in that way, but also is such a small little kind of pigeonhole. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of pathologizes it. Yeah. And, and again, like when women that are other than straight or, or trans women are serial killers and seriously mentally disturbed that adds yeah. to that narrative you might have trouble too. identifying is that am i a yeah. serial killer yeah or? yeah i remember my mom watched <laughs> lover bless her heart she watched the movie monster mm. <laughs> about eileen yeah. Warnos, um charlie yeah. theron whatever C- christina ricci i think played her girlfriend mm-hmm. or her partner in that anyways i remember she had seen that movie and then at some point later we were having a discussion when I had come out to her and she was like well I just don't want you to have like a hard time in life and I was like I understand but like I have to be who I am and I was just like I don't understand where this is coming from and she's like well I saw this movie and I was like okay first of all it's about Eileen Warnos. she's like an actual real serial killer like I don't think I'm destined for that like if I something changes I'll let you know <laughs> but I'm really not on that path right. but she just like she just you know, took this concept of this tumultuous, terrible environment for this gay woman to be in. And she was like, that's going to happen to you. And like, I'm so afraid for you. And, and Warnos, you know? she suffered terrible violence and abuse terrible. and trauma. Oh, her whole awful. life. I, yeah, no, she wasn't a serial killer because she was a lesbian. She no. was a serial killer who also yeah, she happened wasn't, like, to be a lesbian. Killing, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. She wasn't killing men because she was a man hater and no. a woman lover. Like, you know, she just happened to find companionship with women because they were probably the only type of people that didn't abuse yeah. her. Yeah. Her life, she right? was a serial so. killer because dead men don't rape. That's why she yeah, was exactly. not, <laughs> had yeah. nothing to do with her Is being a, a lesbian. Quote? I feel like that's something she probably said. She that did say like that, a, actually. Like direct... Yes, okay. she did. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I knew it. That was, you know, why did you do this? Well, dead men don't rape. That's why. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's hard when there's not a lot of representation out there. Yes. And then that's what you're somebody that just doesn't know what they don't know. Right. Yet, you know, holds on to in this misconception. Right. I feel like that's a healthier mindset to be in, though, when you say, I don't know, or let me ask questions. I'm curious. What, mm-hmm. what, what was that Walt Whitman quote we got from Ted Lasso? Be curious, not judgmental. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ask questions if yeah, you don't absolutely. know. Okay. What's your next one? My next uh, misconception. Okay. We talked about that. Oh, this is a fun one. So there's a lot of misconceptions about, you know, in like in the bedroom about like same sex couples and especially, I'd especially say women. Lesbians. It can only be scissoring. That's the only thing, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's not a thing. I hate it. Okay, bubble burst for all of the people listening. That is not a primary act. I'm not saying it doesn't have, doesn't never happen. It does, and it's delightful, but it's not something that is like, okay, let's get to this scissoring. So all this is <laughs> all roads lead to scissoring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that there's a lot of misconceptions about the roles that we play in the bedroom as well, similar to like heterosexual role play and like, you know, the more feminine presenting and, you know, is obviously the pillow princess and the more butch is, you know, strapping it on and doing that. But it's actually, there is so many, I think, 
you know, same sex couples that you would look at and pro- and you might think that, you know, as a heterosexual person, you might say like, I've got them pegged in this way or that oh, way, pegged. but it's, yeah, sorry, <laughs> no pun intended, but you would be, I think a lot of people would be entirely shocked to know that it's quite the opposite most times like their assumptions are are just that assumptions and it's very opposite you know the butchest people the butchest lesbians like the the biggest lesbians that I've ever known some of them are pillow princesses and they're bottoms and they love that and that is what they're comfortable with and that's where they want to be but people put them in this box of you know you must be the man so you must be the one giving it right, right? so again I think that's something that's you know, makes straight people comfortable yes. by thinking about sex in those limited terms, because exactly. even straight couples are now experimenting with pegging where there is yeah. that role reversal. You might want to put a link into that show because that was really good. We, <laughs> yeah, we, we, we did a Ryder. show with Ruby Ryder. Yeah. She's a sex educator that teaches about pegging and, yeah. and she, her little catchphrase is pegging can save the world because it creates yeah. It creates this role reversal that in most straight couples isn't possible. And I think Absolutely. in with lesbian couples, queer couples, you can play around with roles and switch roles and do lots of different things. There's endless configurations that you can play around with. And the fact that people are only comfortable when they're thinking about hmm. your sex in either porn made for the male gaze terms or their own experience. I mean, it's kind of boring when you think about it, when you think about what all the possibilities are. Now I'm going to bring this up because I'm, I'm hate watching another series right now on Netflix called uh, love, sex and goop, love, sex and goop. Oh, goop as in Gwyneth. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, You can't see Alex, but she's narrowing her eyes right now because we're we're not a big, we're not big fans of Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. No. And she, I think she's been accused of being super, vanilla oatmeal white white heteronormative so she's got mixed race couples a mixed race couple a black hetero couple a lesbian couple two lesbian couples two there's two on there oh an old couple there's no gay men because they don't have any problems with their (laughs) they don't go to goop (laughs) they don't need goop they're fine and um, they're like we're fine and so the so the lesbian couple and they all work with different experts with their issues whatever their issue whatever their issue is and it's kind of interesting. And it also made me really sad. These two women in this couple and one, and I don't know how often this happens, but it seems like it's happening more often is that you have one partner who like you figured out at 14, I am gay. And that's it. No turning back. Yeah. No turning back. And then you have someone else who's maybe been dating men the whole time. And the way they described it when they met it, she said, I saw her and I went, this is what I've I'm missing. And we sat with that couple at that dinner one time where that happened. Oh, yeah. 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 But there were a lot of body image issues and just, you know, because of the way they were raised and and some of the shame that comes along with coming out as lesbian or gay. And there's no good sex education about how to have sex with a female partner. Like Mm -hmm. most men don't know how to have sex with a female partner. I mean. Present company. Excluded. Well, I mean, we all got to learn somewhere. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> what did you say? 
I said, don't worry. Yeah, no, no, no. He's, yeah, no, he's good. But, but was that something that you like, how did you deal with that? Was that, or were you a little bit more instinctual of like, well, we'll just like play around and see what feels good. Did you find that was challenging to try and learn how to yes. do that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that, you know, when I first came out, I was, I guess a late bloomer, they would call it. I didn't come out you know, to my family until I was 19 and like wholeheartedly come out to the world where I just, you know, don't withhold information, but I just give it willingly is probably a bit later in life, maybe in my early twenties. And when I came out, like, you know, I came out pretty hard and (laughs) I was like, okay, let's, you know, kiss some girls and make out and see what happens. So, but I think that there, you know, for me personally, and I can't speak for all, but, you know, my personal experience is that there were expectations, you know, in the bedroom with women that I guess I wasn't, I don't know really how to explain it, but I, I spent a lot of my younger life faking, faking mm. it, to be honest, faking a lot of it because I just wasn't comfortable saying that and, and saying like, let's try some things because I, I don't really like this, but maybe I'll like this or, you know what I mean? So instead of feeling uncomfortable and self-conscious with having that conversation with people, I would just take it because that was the easiest route to Mm. go. Right. And it wasn't really until later in life um, that I learned to just, you know, be open with what I liked and to let that happen and to be comfortable with it and it to not have to be a conversation really, you know what Mm. I mean? As intense as like, let's talk about this. Right. In the moment, just do what I want and do what I like. And, you know, and yeah, exactly. Be in the moment. But I, I personally like struggled hard with that throughout my twenties, I'd say. And, and, you know, coming out and having sexual experiences with women for the first time and, or, you know, having sexual experiences for the first time. I, I, I think most women, just women in general, follow that trajectory of, yep. of just, you know, I just want this I want this person to feel like it was a positive experience. So if I have to fake it and I have to make it look good, then that's what I'll do. And then you get to a point where you're like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to do that anymore. (laughs) I want, yeah, I want to learn what I like and what feels good and to find a way to communicate that to my partner, whoever that might be. Yeah. Have you found, has Hollywood gotten it right at some point? I mean, forget porn because there's all the issues around porn, but have you seen anything where you're like, they know what's going yeah, on. Absolutely. And I, I think that when I see a scene between two women, a sex scene between two women in film or TV, I know right away if it's directed or written by a man or a woman. And I think that is something for myself that's an easy tell. And there's definitely been shows and TV or film, I, I mean, that have gotten it right. Like shows like The L Word, I think they've gotten it extremely mm-hmm. right. But that's, you know, it's written by queer women. Right, right. So that makes sense to me. So, you know, and there's definitely ones that I've seen that I'm, I've said to myself, like, this isn't, this can't be real. They can't be taking this seriously. Right. So, like as hot as basic instinct was, that was totally, that was, that, not, was, yeah. that was not, not written by women. Yeah. What, what films have you noticed that they've done it properly? So I didn't know it at the time, but now looking back and and seeing it, the movie Bound, Mm. I think is very interesting, actually, because it was written by then two brothers that actually later in life came out as trans. Oh, the Matrix people, the Matrix. Yes. Wachowski. Wachowski. Yes, exactly. So at that time, they were the Wachowski brothers, but then they later 
but I think that was, you know, like now that I know what I know and I've had all the experiences that mm. I know and that I've had, you know, it as a 30 something year old woman, I'm like, yeah, that absolutely makes sense. I think that's totally, that's real. And I mean, you know, it was a little cheesy how it happened. Like the, oh, I dropped my ring down the sink. Like, can you come and fish it out for me? Like that was a little. That's a little eighties porn. Style. Yeah. 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 But I thought it was really interesting too, because they took something that was so heteronormative in like hetero porn, this plumber dude with, you know, uh, am I allowed to say wife beater on here? Like a white wife beater, like a stringy tank top. Yeah. Yeah. Like comes in and it's got all the muscles and he's like, let me get my wrench out. (laughs) But they did that with two women. One that was really like feminine. Like I dropped my earring. Can you get it? And this like butch lesbian that comes in, she's like, don't worry, I got it. And then she's like seducing her and this whole thing is happening. I haven't seen this movie. I, I, I think we need to see it. Um, it I think you do. Yeah. I think you need to. Yeah, you need to. It's it stars Gina Gershon and Jennifer Tilly. Oh, shit. Um, OK, yeah. All right. So I've heard of it. I have not seen it. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's like what? Mid 90s Gina Gershon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. yeah like kiss. Palmetto, yeah. that era. Who, like, who? so, yeah. You know, the the movie Palmetto oh, that she yeah. started it was Elizabeth Shue and Woody Harrelson. Mm. Anyways. So, yeah, I think, you know. Personally, I, I I can see something and say, like, I'm pretty sure a woman probably wrote this scene or directed mm-hmm. it because it's very authentic and it's very real, mm-hmm. at least in my eyes. Something that I kind of struggle with as as a bi woman and like fairly new. I don't know how new the orientation is, but the experiences are fairly new. Right. And I think I struggle with the idea of like, well, I have the same parts as this person. I should know what to do. Right. And how would I? You- I don't do that shit to myself. If I could, I'd never leave the house. Like I, right. yeah. but that's what I have you for. Yeah. It's okay. Take a rib out. You'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I think that like, that's something that I struggle with yeah. where it's like, I think I've said to you, okay, one of these days I'm going to need a tutorial. Okay. I think I, you know, and I'm just saying this and I, my word is not God. So take it as you will, but I, I think it is to me, it will. <laughs> Thank you. I think um, I think we're all more instinctual than we like mm-hmm. to believe or that we will give ourselves credit mm-hmm. for. And I think that the way that you connect with humans and the way that you move through the life through life and it, it can also translate into, you know, the bedroom and sexual experiences. And if you are able to like if you're intuitive and your EQ is really high and, and you you get people in that way, chances are you'll probably be able to also you know quote unquote get them in in the bedroom and and that will translate in that way and that's just my opinion and you know that's just I love that. yeah, like I didn't have any experiences as a 19 year old like having sex with a woman for the first time and I didn't I was like I don't understand what I'm doing but it's like you you just you do in a way you know I don't know how it's to say it really yeah I like that it. and I don't know if I'm doing a good job but do you think like do you think you'd be able to give a good blowjob probably not <laughs> You don't think so? No, because that's not like no, what but, I know I like Yeah, is not what I'm used to doing with my mouth. Well, that is true. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's true. But I just it's funny because I think you've talked about all women are different and you have this little yes. toolbox yep. that you just try out all the tools and then you can tell what's, exactly. what's working. See which one, but, see which one fits. But let me, but let me yes. tell you, for men. There's like three tools in the box. <laughs> I was going to say, there's like one yeah, probably. No. Like, I think we're being generous by saying three. <laughs> there's like three or four. And, it, and it's like, and they work. It's like a master key. They just, it works. Yeah, exactly. On, 
I mean, all of us. It's like one of those all old skeleton keys that just open all the yeah. doors. You know what I mean? Like that's just what yeah. it is. Yeah, it's like the skeleton key. Yeah, it, or the yeah. skull key. I, and, and for women, it's like going to the locksmith, and there are like seven thousand different keys yeah. up, and you got to figure out which one is going to work. It's like it's like you're a caretaker in a sixteen hundred unit building, and you have Giant keys room. for every yeah. single one, and you go, I don't know, I'll try and find it. I don't know, but uh, but you know what? But the difference is that you're in that house and you're the caretaker and you've got thousands of keys, but you're like, I'm going to find the key. If it's the last thing I do, <laughs> that's the difference. Yeah. Like to be honest, that's the difference because, you know, people can get frustrated and people can give up and be like, well, I'm not, mm. you know, it's not working. Mm. So like, why am I doing this? But it's, if you're intuitive enough with your partner and, and you're like, this is, it's going to happen. Like Dante was saying, you just, do whatever you do until something works. And when it works, then you put a pin in it and, and you know, and then you move on to the mm-hmm. next and and then again and again. And then, you know, if you are with the same person, you know, long enough, or if you, you know, have sexual experiences with the same person more than one time, then you just start to collect those pins and you know. Yeah, exactly. Right? So, but that, that that's, it's such an interesting thing. I love that sort of instinctual nature of it. But at the yeah. same time, just, yeah. And just paying attention, just paying attention to people. Yes. But yeah, that's got to be frustrating when people, people are constantly trying to fit you into these, into these spaces of like, well, I can't understand this if it isn't, you know, what yeah. my experience is like, what is wrong with people? Like they have no imagination. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Next one. So I, I think that the, you know, a big part of, you know, being queer or however you identify being gay, being a lesbian, I think is that community is really huge for us. Like that sense of community and that idea of belonging. And I think it just extends further than, you know, the actual community of people that you have the same thing in common with. But I think it's this idea that you're kind of moving through the world and, when you are out in public, whether it's alone or, or with your family or with your partner or what have you, that you see somebody that's like you and you just kind of know and you exchange that little you know, wink or that look and that you know that you're a part of the same community and you have an ally with you and you have somebody that is like-minded and that ex- you know, understands your experiences or understands what's going on and you just automatically feel comfortable you know, wherever you are, whatever setting you're in. I think, you know, community is really huge for, for people that are gay or, or queer or, you know, however you identify. And that's something that I, I think that, you know, it looks like, it looks like a lot of fluff on the surface to, I think, other people that are not in the community, but it's actually a big part of how we move through the world and how we connect with people. Yeah. Do you find that people dismiss those kinds of incidental allies, I think I'll call them, or, or, I mean, I think ally, and then your member of communities, those, those, it can be a Venn diagram, but it's like, do you think that that, that people dismiss that, how the importance of that, where it's just like, oh, you're just friends with her because she's also a lesbian. It's like, because straight people are friends with other straight people. Is that why they're friends or are they friends? Because is that what you mean? Like, I'm not really sure. Yeah. So I think that it's, you know, like somebody once said to me, like this person that I work with actually, who's, who's a gay man, he basically in conversation we were, we were talking about it was pride month, I think. And we were doing some things at work and he was just basically like, you know, just because you and I are, we both identify as gay, doesn't mean anything. <laughs> and, and that kind of, you know, sat with me for a second and I just kind of was trying to think in what terms that he was talking about. And he was basically getting at the fact that like, we have nothing in common. And just because we have that thing in common doesn't mean we have anything in common. And I was just like, well, wait a second. That actually should mean a lot to you because we are a minority 
And you would think that the idea of having a community around you and having people that are like you and like-minded or have you know, possibly had similar experiences of coming out as a queer person or coming out as a gay person and having to navigate that landscape that you would have something in common and you'd have a shared experience that would not necessarily bond you in a way, but, you know, bring you closer in a way because you've had the same experiences and you can sort of, you know, in one facet of their life, see their world through their eyes and understand what it's taken to get to where you are. Right. So I think that, you know, I think the misconception is both outside of the community and within the community as well, that you, you don't necessarily have to align with your own quote unquote, or support your own just because, you know, you're both a part of the community, which I think is a little damaging sometimes. Yeah, I think I think a lot of straight people don't understand that there is there can be division within the queer community Absolutely. where you have different Absolutely. groups that are either can't understand or empathize or identify with with another group or they're just shitty about it. Like th- that, like that was a shitty thing yeah. to, to say yeah. to you. Like it's yeah. like. Yeah. Oh, okay. Thanks for well, fuck you very much then. Yeah. Like like I, like what a shitty thing to say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think, yeah. Like, I I mean, in my workplace, I have a different work environment than you do. And that's always very important. It's very important to have that community. And that, even if that's the only thing that you have in common, that's, there's nothing wrong with building from there. And just because like, like, how many things did you need to have in common with this asshole before he was like, yeah, okay, we can be friends. Mm -hmm. Like, fuck you. Like (laughs) I like pizza. You like pizza. I like puppies. You like puppies. So cute. Oh, like what, what do you need? Yeah. He sounds like kind of a dick. I think that's okay. And I don't want to tromp on your, but I think that that is a really big misconception that straight people have is that all gay people, all gay people are nice. Yeah. Party planners and, uh, (laughs) And want to and I want to dress fabulous. Like yeah, people. like yeah, you know, there's there's shitty yeah. people everywhere, and and of every absolutely orientation and any walk of life, and there you are going to run into people like this dickwad at your work who would like go out of their way to say something like that to you. It's like, bitch, it's Pride yeah. Month. What are you saying that shit to me for? I know. Like, come on, take some pride in what we're yeah. doing. Yeah, right like it's and like you're like- worth. But you you mentioned before about it was something that you said really quickly, but I think it's a really important thing for people to understand that you had internalized homophobia that you needed to deal with. And I think that is something that a lot of, a lot of people struggle with and they don't even realize that they're struggling with it. They have that sort of eureka moment where they're like, shit, you know, similar to internalized misogyny. You don't realize that you've been socialize that way or you have those beliefs until you're like what the fuck do I care what she's wearing right yeah. like and we don't we don't really notice that until like you say we've been on the planet for a little while longer and we go hold on a second this is kind of shitty and and yeah. that a lot of people have have a lot of still even even now when things are arguably as good as they've ever been in Canada anyway mm-hmm. not not other places but <laughs> that there's still a lot of shame associated with it for a lot of people. And Absolutely. so kindness is, is a big deal. It's huge. 
Yeah. And, you know, the other thing about the community that I think maybe heterosexual people know this and maybe they don't is that erasure of some forms of queerness is also like rampant, you know, bisexual people like you're, you know, either you're straight or you're gay, like you can't be in between the exclusion of trans folks in certain lights as well is a huge, huge issue. And that's actually, that's a big issue in the lesbian community. And I'll say why is that I don't think in just North America, but probably across the world, but more so in North America is that lesbian spaces don't really exist anymore. You know, they used to exist in, you know, the probably the the 90s, the early 2000s, but somewhere along the lines, you know, they became, they began to deteriorate and they're no longer, whether it's lesbian clubs or events. And it's just not happening anymore like it used to. So, you know, there's these lesbians that are kind of wanting to address that problem, but they want to do it at the expense of trans women. So the idea that trans women don't belong because it's a women only space, you know, women, W-O-M-E-N, women only. So if you were born with a uterus, if you're born with a vagina, like that makes you a woman and that makes you, if you like women, that makes you a lesbian. So you know, the exclusion of trans folks, trans women, especially, but also the exclusion of like trans men, right? The idea that these individuals used to be a part of our community, but now that they've transitioned to become a man, that they're no longer a part of our community. So there's also this wild division that happens in the community as Mm -hmm. well. And, you know, I can only speak for, you know, my experience of being a lesbian and what I see in here, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure it happens with, with gay men as well. And, and trans women and trans men and being excluded from those spaces. But it's a big deal. And it's still happening in, you know, 2021. And that to me is not community that is, you know, cutting people down. And that is not protecting our most vulnerable people in the community. So it, you know, to me, it doesn't, you know, my rights are my rights now, and I've got those rights. And it feels really great. But like, let's, let's now get the rights for the folks that can't get them for themselves, which is the trans community, and especially, you know, trans uh, men and women of color, mm. trans women of color, especially. And it's just this idea that they don't belong in our communities, and they only belong in their own very small subset of culture and community, which is also just extremely damaging and, and just it happens all the time. Though. Yeah. And it's, and it's so divisive within, within the community and it, it like, they're not marginalized enough in the mm-hmm. broader society, but to be marginalized in such a small community must seem so it's so personal, hurtful, just hurtful. Yeah. Terribly hurtful. And, and I think, again, like, I think a lot of people just, you know, they need to look at the beliefs that they hold or the opinions that they hold or what, what they're, sort of hanging on to as far as like, have you even questioned why you think like this? Or like, (laughs) what is it that you're actually afraid of? And I think that's a big, I think people need to peel the onion a little bit about like, what, what is the problem here? Like, what is it that you're really worried about? What is it that concerns you? Oh, it's just so confusing. I don't really find it that confusing. It's really not that hard to figure stuff out. But I run into a lot of people, a lot of straight people who do not understand they, they still don't understand trans women, trans men. They don't understand how that works. It's like, I don't know what, what it, like, I don't, I don't get like, are, like they were a man. Now they're like, how does that work? Like they, they still, they still don't have their terms, their terminology down. It's like, yeah, bitch, we've been talking about this for yeah, a long time. Like this not is not that difficult. It's not that difficult. And it's trans not new. People, 
No, they've been around since people, you know, trans people, gay people, like bisexual people have been around since the dawn of mankind. Like that is just a fact. And it's actually been like wildly accepted in some cultures and some points in history. And, and so for people nowadays to say, like, I don't understand how somebody could be biologically born like this, but want to become that. Actually, it is as simple as that, that you're, you're born into a sex that you don't feel like you belong to, or that, you know, you're born into a body that you don't feel is yours. Because it's all about how, this is the thing, like, you know, it's all about how you express yourself in that body and how you present yourself to the world. And that's really nobody's fucking business, but your own people live, leave people the fuck alone. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? It's just, yeah, I, you know. The, the only point I have left, and it's just like one of those things, and I don't know where this would fit in the episode, but like, yes, we all love Angelina. Yes, we all want to have sex with her. And yes, we all want to wife her. That is Angelina it. Jolie. Like Angelina Jolie. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. She's, she's everyone's type. She's everyone's yes. type. Like The Rock. Yes. Yeah. No, Jason, or Momoa. Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa is everyone's the rock. type. I was like, The Rock is everyone's no, type. No, Jason Momoa is everyone's type. <laughs> Agreed. Yes. So the answer yeah. is yes. Everybody loves Angelina. She is yeah. like so. So that is not a misconception. That is that is real. Yes. <laughs> that is all, absolutely all true. Want, want Angelina? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I can speak for all of them right now to say that that, that, is, that yeah. Is, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I have my list, but and she's. I mean, she's on it. She's on it. Yeah. I mean, I was Maleficent for Halloween again, but <laughs> there you go. See, you're trying to tell us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like message received. <laughs> If I was looking, <laughs> if I was looking for broad appeal, <laughs> that's where I would go yeah. with that one. This is not a question that, as a bi woman, I have to deal with, but I have to ask because I've heard other people complain about this before, and I've I've seen this come up on TikTok. Have you ever had a straight man ask you, or your partner, or say to you, "You just haven't had the right dick yet"? Yes. Ugh. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And that's actually, you know, that is something that I would, I could semi confidently say that probably every lesbian has heard at least once at a bar from their friend, a male friend, whatever, from somebody in their life saying, or a complete stranger saying, you know what, you just haven't met the right man, you just haven't met the right penis. And that is abs- none of us, you know, some of us, we're not wronged by a man in any way. And that's why we're lesbians now. You know, I'm sure for some, you know, women that maybe dated men and then they decided, you know, this isn't for me, I'm going to date women. But some of us have not been wronged in any way. And like, we're not waiting for that, like, perfect, pristine male counterpart to just come in and sweep us off our feet. Whatever. I don't know. the gayness out of you. Yeah. Yeah. That's terrible. It's awful. It does. It sounds aggressive. There is, I think one of the reasons why that statement is so offensive is that it has that connotation of, of, you know, violence behind it. Yes. There's a rape subtext. Yes. That That question is like, y'all like here's the thing and and this is what i kind of i wanted to wrap up with because we kind of started with pop culture and i'm going to end with pop culture because there's something that i'm noticing and i mentioned it to you yesterday there are more and more women that have been wronged by men and it's not that they hate men they're just like you know what i think i'm going to try like women that have maybe been bisexual or gay and they don't realize it or they just it's like, you know what? I'm going to try a relationship with a woman and see yep. what that feels like. And what's happening is that a lot of 
women are finding fulfilling, romantic, integrated relationships with other women. And you can tell the straight men are fucking scared that they're going to end up alone. Yes. They're scared and they're nervous and they're thinking what is left for us? Right. What happens next? All yes, the other straight absolutely. men. There you go. All the yeah, other straight men. Go. Yeah. Give it a go. See what happens. You might like it. I don't know. <laughs> But there was that sort of idea of, oh, well, you just haven't met the right dick yet. And, you know, to say that to a gay woman and have her go, you think that your dick is going to turn me straight? Like, you can't even keep the straight women straight. That's laughable. Yeah. You know, I actually, you know, I had um, a coworker of mine a really, really long time ago. He was a really good guy. And we joked around a lot. But he said that to me in joking context. Or he said it was joking context. And I was like, you know appreciate the the point of view from you but perhaps you also haven't met the right man or the right dick to turn you gay <laughs> so have you ever considered like your own gayness huh. as like being a subtext here or like what's going on with you and 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 it was it totally diffused the situation and he's like you know I didn't I don't I don't wake up and you know decide today's the day that I'm gonna continue to bang women that's just, it's just, that's who I am. And I'm like, exactly. I don't get up in the morning and say today, I'm going to continue to be gay. Maybe tomorrow will be different. I don't know. This is just me living my authentic life. And if something were to happen one day and I met somebody that I was like, Hey, this person intrigues me, but they happen to be a man, then so be it. But it's never happened. And I can confidently say, I just don't think it will. Right. So that. You know, that's worked in in my favor in the past of just, you know, turning it around, you know, diverting the conversation back to them and saying, well, what about you? What about you? What about your own? Sexuality? Maybe you haven't met the right dick either. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. Well, circle it back around to buy invisibility again, because why does it have to be a binary? Why do you have to be straight or gay? Why can't you be mostly gay, but occasionally, well, you know, l- like a dick once in a while or bang a woman once. A, that's once a, a huge misconception about bisexuality is that it's 50 50. Mm-hmm. It's not. Yes. It's not 50 yes. yeah. 50. And there I mean, are, it can be. I mean, it can be. But some bisexual women that I know have romantic relationships with men and women. Some mm-hmm. don't. They only have romantic relationships with women or they only have romantic relationships with men. There's a lot of different configurations there, too. And that's where I think by men bisexual men get a raw deal because it's like women can experiment with other women and like, you know, everybody's made out with some chick in college or university or whatever. And that's fine. But all these bar sexuals, but you suck one dick. Sexuals. (laughs) I love that. Sorry. Bar sexuals. That's good. I suck one dick. You suck one dick and like gay forever, gay forever. Like, and right. Like how come men and and that's the thing, like they've they've done s- some research now that if men are in an environment that is a lot more open to bisexuality, mm-hmm. there is more variation. There's a lot more bi men than we think there are. And it's just that it's not they're either hiding or they're terrified to act on those feelings because it's so true. And it's not that's not fair. Mm-hmm. I mean, women get to do whatever they want because men find it hot. Mm-hmm. That's right. Like that's yeah. But also on the other side of things, you know, when I came out in college and I was in a space where I was openly, you know, gay and out to my roommates and, you know, the people that I went to school with and people I worked with and that sort of thing, there was times that I, you know, had a little bit too much to drink and made out with guys and made out with dudes at the bar. And that happened like, I, I don't want to say a lot, but it happened 
you know, a few times. Alex is also a bisexual. Ooh, right. <laughs> but nobody questioned my, my gayness. I was still as gay the next day as I was, you know, before that happened. And nobody came up to me and said like, Oh, what are you like, are you questioning things now? Like, do you think you're like bi or into Jews? Like, no, that was never a conversation and never a question that I was posed to. So like, you know, with men, like, why does it have to be so absolute right. for men and for bisexual men? You know, if they're get too drunk and make out with their buddy, like, why is it that they're gay the next morning? Why can't it just be that they were having fun and they had a bit too much to drink and, you know, one thing led mm-hmm. to another, right? It is harder for men is my point because, you know, women just get to move a bit more freely mm-hmm. without that persecution and judgment, whereas men need to stay in the same gendered box that they're in. And if they deviate, that's a problem for people in society. And that makes, you know, society nervous. Yeah. And I think that's kind of a, a great place to wrap up. I, I wanted to, there's two songs out right now, Alex, that I often pay attention to lyrics. Like if I don't, if I don't know what the lyrics are, I'll start to kind of scroll through my Apple music and go, Oh, that's what that is. And there's, there's a song on Drake's new album. <laughs> Certified lover boy. And it's the title of the song is girls want girls. Yeah, it doesn't he say something about like girls want girls where I'm from? Girls want girls where I'm from. Right. I'm, you're a lesbian? Yeah, me too. Yeah, he said that you're a yeah, lesbian girl, right. me too. And it's right. funny. And you see that on TikTok a lot. But the name of the song or, or that lyric, girls want girls where I'm from. I was kind of like, huh, what is that about? That is about mm-hmm. women tired of your shit, Drake. <laughs> right. Absolutely. And then and so that one's kind of like it seems a little bit more good natured, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's kind of like, guys, we got to step up our game because they're all going to leave. Right. With each other. Yes. Take their vulvas and go. We're, ta- we're going to take our vulvas and go. Right. <laughs> we're going to use you for the baby making the baby batter. And then we're going to yeah. go raise it w- because you guys with our uh, girlfriends, like, yeah. Yeah, with our <laughs> yeah. girlfriends. Right. I mean, not you. Thank you. Okay. And then the other one, which when I showed Dante the lyric, oh, he, he made this face because it's bad. <laughs> so it's a weekend song called, I think it's called Things We Lost in the Fire or Lost in the Fire. Okay, I'll find it. I mean, the first lyric is, I want to fuck you slow with the lights on. Great. Yeah. And you're like, okay, we're off and running. Great start. And the lyric is he, he talks about this girl is going through a phase where she likes girls. She's with girls to protect her heart. Oh. And then he says, well, you can bring your friend along and she can sit on your face while I fuck you straight. That's aggressive, (laughs) not necessary at all. I saw that lyric and I was like, oh, it comes back to that sort of rapey feeling of you just haven't met the right dick yet. Yeah. Let me remind you. Yeah. What should be happening and what you actually like. Like, yeah, let's, you know, and it really upset me. I, I think that that's. That is the element where a lot of women are going, fuck this. Like, I don't, I don't want this. This is not, this is not what I want for my life. You know, unless, unless there can be more men like Dante who actually like women as well as being attracted to them. It seems like a lot of straight men don't actually like women. Mm -hmm. They're attracted to them. They're attracted to their anatomy. Yeah, they like what women do. They like what they serve for them and the purpose that they serve. And that's what they like. And they like the heteronormative functions that they participate in. But But until these these interactions and these relationships become more about two humans, Mm -hmm. I think you're you're going to see more people that are embracing 
their queerness, whether they've been hiding it or they didn't realize it, or just opening themselves up to more experiences with different people. And I think that can only be a good thing because your experiences are going to open your mind up. And then you're more, you have more compassion for other people and, you know, who they are and who they choose to love and who they don't choose to love. It's just, it's just and I, I think it would make the world a better place if people, everybody needs to embrace their queerness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just embrace it. Just let, it, let out. it out. Just try some things. Don't be so afraid. You know, nobody, who cares? Nobody's going to judge you. Nobody, you know, not anybody from the community. They're just going to be like, you do what you do and have fun. And we love you. See you at, see you at pride month, like whatever. Pride month should be all year. <laughs> yeah. Every month should be. Every month is pride month. <laughs> Alex, thank you so much for joining us today. This was really fun. Oh, thanks for having me. This was a blast. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Next time we're going to have you and your partner on and we'll have a ripper on good time. Find some, yes. some other kind of material that grinds our gears. Yeah, there's a lot. So there, like the list is ever is ongoing. So <laughs> or maybe, maybe we'll just do a little walkthrough of bound. There you go. Yeah. You know, I would. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now bound you're speaking my language. Like let's, let's do yeah. that. I'd love to know what your thoughts are. Both yeah. Of you. Okay. You well, know, that'll, that'll be our, as a bisexual woman and as like a, you know, straight you know, cis man, I would love to know what your perspectives are. Well, I mean, Gina Gershon, I'm already in, so. Totally. <laughs> like, come on. No brainer. Thanks, right. Alex. We'll talk to you soon. Thank Bye. You. Thanks. Welcome back, everyone. <laughs> that was fun. It was fun. Was yeah. there anything that surprised you? I mean, the thing that I was fairly certain was going to be kind of a big issue Mm-hmm. were the who's the man right yeah right mm-hmm. and the you just haven't you just haven't been fucked by the right dick yet Ugh, yeah so gross yeah it's gross that those two you expected yeah uh, and you know we'll, you'll see in the show notes we've got that li- that link to the music video for that weekend song where that where that cringy mm-hmm. lyric is mm-hmm. is in there mm-hmm. so those are the ones that i i was kind of expecting and it was nice yeah. to hear her take on that yeah and i i think i think it's illuminating for everybody just to be a little bit more open-minded and that i personally don't believe that anyone is completely straight is 100 percent straight no i don't i don't think i don't think so i think that so much of that is cultural Hmm. and societal and if those restrictions were if people weren't afraid about what other people would think of them or how they were going to be treated then I think that a lot of a lot of people. I think Dr. Murray has kind of said, like, you know, warm lips are all the same in the dark, in the dark right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and just you know, I I think being more open is always better. Yeah. And she mentioned that there was that coworker of hers mm. who kind of jokingly said that, and she had a great kind of comeback to that. Like, I just, I don't think you've met the right dick. Yeah. <laughs> like that, are you sure? Yeah. And you know. It, he was a, a decent human and and could take the joke and she had a chance to kind of educate a little bit and mm-hmm. spin it and that that's mm-hmm. fantastic but when that kind of belief takes hold mm. you can create a culture or a society that's very hostile right towards same-sex oriented people right especially women yeah. who yeah. are interested in other women Right. Exclusively. Yeah. And there's a lot of places that I've worked and that I've had, I've traveled to that are these places that are very unfriendly and yes. downright dangerous. Yes. 
especially yeah. for lesbians. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So it's all funny. Ha ha. You just haven't met the right dick. Yeah. But it can. Until it becomes aggressive. Until it, and it, threatening. And, and until it becomes a societal belief. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. Which then gives rise to the license to do whatever the fuck you want because, Pre- yeah. you know, you're just fucking the gay out of them. Ugh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah. Terrible. So anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, if you if you if you liked the episode, share it. Give us a follow. Yeah, give us a rating on whatever podcast service. Yeah, a review would be great. It, a review. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can DM us on Twitter or Instagram at Cheating on Fear, or you can give a little visit to our website, cheatingonfear.com, and send us an email there, info at cheatingonfear.com. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.